religion. Definition. The belief in the in worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal God with a capital G or gods with a small g. That's the definition of religion. Okay. Now, on today's episode, we have two young men here. One, well, I'm not going to tell you their race. I'm going to let you figure that out. <laughs> and we're going to talk about religion. So I hope you enjoy it. Before we start this episode, I would like Pastor Cam to lead us into prayer. Let us pray. Father, we just give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, Lord God. We humbly submit ourselves under your authority and power. Ask that you guide this podcast, Lord God. May you be glorified um, using Tracy and um, Pastor Tim and myself, Lord God, to say something that will be beneficial uh, for your kingdom and, and it will impact lives. Lord God, just lead us by your spirit as we represent Christ Jesus in our words, our actions, and our deeds. It's in Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Young people, there's nothing wrong with dancing for Jesus. But we can't forget where we come from. So if you don't mind, let's have a little church right now. Something about that name. Thank you, Jesus. Listen. Something about the name Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. Something oh, no. about the name Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, yes sir. it is the sweetest, sweetest name. Sweetest, sweetest name I know. Welcome to another episode of Chin Wagon with Ruck. Today's episode, we have. Tim Adams. Glad to be here. And we have Cal McClary. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about religion because they are very involved in religion. Tim, what do you go by? What's your, what's your title? Uh, Pastor Tim, Preacher Tim, Tim. Okay. Um, wh- whatever you want to call me is fine. <laughs> Pastor Tim. Okay. And... Cam, saying to you, what's your title? Apostle, pastor, Cam, if you want to. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so you both are pastors of a church. Yes. All right. So now I'm gonna start with Tim. Give us a little background about yourself. How did you become a pastor? Okay. Well, I went to Christian school when I was younger, and felt a calling even as a teenager that I was supposed to be in ministry, but I didn't pursue that immediately. Uh, I worked at the poultry. That's how you and I reacquainted after our little league days. (laughs) But anyway, into my later 20s, I always attended church and sang with gospel groups and stuff like that. But I felt God calling me to full-time ministry. And so I became pastor at Deep Creek Baptist Church. At what age? Um, Late 20s, 28 maybe, something like that. And uh, then I went to seminary actually in my 30s and uh, graduated from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary where I got my training. And, uh, and then I have been came to First Baptist a year ago as associate pastor. So well, how, how long were you at? You was at Deep Creek? I was there almost 22 years. So you was at Deep Creek for 22 years. Yeah. And you started in your late 20s. Right. Okay. All right. Cam, same question. Um. You know, I kind of felt the 
call of the Lord. I've shared this testimony many times. Ever since I was about seven, um, didn't really understand it, didn't really know who to talk to. I just remember my pastor at the time telling my dad, uh, that boy going to preach one day. (laughs) (laughs) And after the pastor said that, I know I took off running. I always did enjoy going to church. I, I went to church. I've gone to church all my life. But I accepted the Lord as my Savior in 1997. Uh, after I accepted the Lord as my Savior, my pastor at the time said, it's time for you to accept your call <laughs> as a preacher and because and, God's going to make you a pastor one day. And I got saved in September of 97. I accepted my call in March of 98. And the most unique thing is, I preached my first public sermon on my birthday, <laughs> July the 19th, 1998. Wow. And I started pastoring New Dove Creek in November of 2001. And, I, and God has blessed me. I'm still there now. So we'll be celebra- celebrating 21 years next month. Oh, wow. So you've been pastoring for 21 years. Yes. <clears throat> How long you been pastoring Tim for all together? Yeah, a little over 25 years. Okay, now. So. How old are you, Cam? I'm 49. 49, you? I'm 51. And I started at 28. And, and like Pastor Tim, I, wow. I I received, I finished my associate degree in biblical studies back in 20, 2012. Um, I'm going to pursue some others. I just need to take the time to do it. <laughs> Understandable. Understand. Now, the question I have for both of you guys, growing up as a child, I'm going to say from, we're going to say from zero to 18 you know kids do bad things <laughs> did y'all do those bad things that are i want i hate to say normal but i'm gonna I'm use that term normal that a normal child or, or adolescent or teenager would go through did y'all experience those things in life or would y'all just had the halo on y'all head from day one <laughs> Well, the funny thing about my story and i mean it's not funny i guess but probably I've committed my worst sins as an adult, you know, because I I was grew up in a in kind of a, a more fundamentalist type background uh, with a mom who was pretty strict on me, and uh, so I I didn't do a lot of the things that kids my age were doing because I was afraid I was afraid to to mess up. So I've I didn't drink, I didn't party, I didn't hang out with everybody else when I was a kid. But I have done some of those things as an adult. And, again, I'm not proud of it, but I have. So you had an adult childhood, so to speak. Right, right. My dad died when I was seven. So it just it made me grow up a little bit early. And uh, and then with, again, with the kind of a a more fundamental type background, we we were a little more scared of God (laughs) than we recognized how much he loves us. Right, right. Yeah, I've heard of that for that. If you don't, if you don't be a child when you are a child, then once you become an adult, you're gonna convert to being a child <laughs> sometime in your life. So that kind of sounds like what you kind of went yeah. through. All right, Cam. I was raised in church. My father and my mother made sure we went to church every Sunday. Now, um, my parents got divorced when I was eight, so my mom didn't go as much after they got divorced. But my father always made. He wasn't even in the house with us, but. Every Sunday I had to go. I mean, when no questions. You, you, even if it, he had to work on Sundays, the church bus was gonna come around and pick me and my brothers up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad of that. Now, right. when I was growing up, I joined the church when I was about 12, but I was more of a member than I was a Christian. I just 
put my name on the church road. Wow. I didn't really under, really understand what I what I had done or even understand Christianity as a child. But I tried my best to live the best I could from what I heard on Sundays and what my parents tried to make me, what taught me. I was I could be disrespectful, mm-hmm. smart mouthed to, to teenager, but. Around 18, well, 17, my grandparents were lost their lives. They were killed by a drunk driver. i never forget it. We was going into a spring break. I was in a junior in high school. And and after that happened, I got mad with God. I'm like, that ain't right. You know, that ain't. And so Understandable. I just kind of just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. Just, I quit. I, I didn't go to church as much. Kind of start doing some things and. I have two children that's not by my wife. I, I had my first child when I was 18. Then I had my second child, so I think about 22, 23. But I start making some just bad decisions. Right. Not drugs and alcohol, just sex out of wedlock. Right. Just craziness. And it, it took my children. I, I, I tell people this. It took my children to make me realize, Karen, you got to do better. Would you want somebody to do your daughters that way? Would you want somebody to treat your daughters that way? And it started the cycle of, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm missing something. And, and my children, and, and i never forget my brother said something to me that was very interesting. He said, Cam, if you keep doing some of the things you're doing, it's going to happen to you. If you keep treating women the way you treat. Now, I never beat women or anything. None of that, no. But this, I was a womanizer. Right. Right? And, and he said, if you keep treating women that way, it's going to happen to you. And I reaped some of what I sowed, but it was the catalyst that caused me to get saved. Uh, I won't go into all the details, but my heart got broken. And the day my heart got broken, I was so low and so hurt. Mm-hmm. I, I gave my life to the Lord that same day. That, that I'm talking about, it was amazing. I'm going to wow. put it in a book when I write the book. But. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds great. Wow. But, but uh, yeah, that's so I. So from zero to 18, I kind of, but my grandparents, they lost their life. And then not only my grandparents lost their lives, two months after they lost their life, my uncle, their oldest son, died of a massive heart attack. And mm. that just sent our family in a tailspin. Yes. And it really sent me in a tailspin. But I, I know now, as I look back, God had a plan. Not saying that he took my grandparents and my uncle in, and mm. that's not what I'm saying. But I, I've used that testimony now, because that testimony now has drawn me closer to God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, that was that was great, Cam. That was a great story you told. Now, Pastor Tim, do you... Now, they weren't always glorious coming up. So you said you said deep creep for 20-something years. Why are you not there anymore? Well, about three years ago, I hit the wall with depression. And depression was something that I have struggled with my entire life. As I said earlier... My father passed away when I was seven, and uh, he was 53 years old. And, uh, and so it was, it was like there was this cloud hanging over me my whole life. The older I got, the more I thought, you're going to die young, because my father died when he was young. And uh, I, I bet I've been to the hospital over the last 20 years. I've probably been to the hospital 12 times, and I just knew I was dying with a heart attack. And so just depression, anxiety, stress. But, uh, but about three years ago was when it all kind of came to a head. And, uh, and I got a DUI uh, over in Madison County. And, uh, and so from that point forward, I knew this is, 
this is it. I, I've got to I've got to once and for all deal with these issues. It wasn't the first time I'd hit the wall with depression, but it but Lord willing, it will be the last time Amen. I hit Jesus. the wall with depression. Amen. And so I, I really got serious about my counseling, got serious about seeing a doctor for my depression. Pastoral counseling, I, I, I did I did everything necessary, I hope. At that time, I felt like I was doing everything necessary to deal with my depression. And, uh, and so about it's three years ago, September, is when all this came to a head. And in December of this year, I'll actually pick up my three-year chip. Uh, I have been sober for three years. Thank you, Lord. Um, and, uh, and actually, last week, I picked up an 18-month chip for uh, for my depression because as of 18 months ago i haven't had to have any of my medicine for depression and so i feel like god has has healed me of my depression and uh, not saying there's anything wrong with taking medicine if you need it you Mm -hmm. need it and i needed it for a little while but i just i just thank god for what he's done and he's led me to a a whole new ministry here at first baptist i'm the celebrate recovery ministry leader now and and so we're just trying to help broken people find the same hope that we found as right. broken people. Right. And so kind of our mantra is we are broken people trying to help broken people. I like that. And I, I wished I had a testimony that I got saved and <laughs> I never sinned again, you know. I, but I feel like there's a lot, a lot of people like myself who maybe got saved years ago, have been in the church for years, but they failed as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we feel like we have a ministry now to help people who have, have similar struggles to what we have faced. Okay, so, I'm, I'm going to throw something out there. I don't care which one of y'all address it, but that what you went through. I know some of the listeners would think, how would God allow a child of his to go through that? What would, we, what would be your response to that? Well, I, I'll just quickly, in my case, I, I know that God allowed this because Deep Creek was my home, and uh, and I would have never left Deep Creek. That's not a bad thing, though. No, no but, but um, the story that I had and the experiences that I had and what I had been through, other people needed to hear that. And, and uh, because I'm not the only one. That has dealt with depression. I'm not the only one that has self-medicated right. with alcohol. And the alcohol could have been anything. I, w- I was masking the pain mm-hmm. with something. Mm-hmm. And some people get depressed and they eat too much. Right. Some people get depressed and they spend too much money. Yes. Some people get <laughs> depressed and they take drugs. Some people mm-hmm. get depressed and they participate in, in sexual affairs or, right. or alcohol. It can be anything that yes. we mask the pain with. Right. But, and listen, I'm just one of those guys that once it happens, Tracy, I'm not going to run from it and I'm not going to hide from it. Amen. You know, I, now did I hide for a long time? Yes, I did. Because uh-huh. I didn't, I was ashamed. And so I didn't want to deal with it. But once it happened, once it became public, once I got the DUI, I'm, ne- I'm never going to hide from it again. Amen. And we tell people at Celebrate Recovery, we, our program is built around confidentiality and anonymity. And so I will never tell anybody that I saw you here at Celebrate Recovery. Right. But you can tell the whole wide world you saw me at Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> right. Because I'm not ashamed of what God did Amen. in my life and in my heart and in my family. Wow. 
And so that's, I feel like God allowed it to happen to bring me to a different place, not just geographically, but to a different place spiritually where I would be willing to talk about my struggle Amen. so that it could help somebody else. I like that. And what people need to realize, see, I think people, and when I say people, the, the mass majority have their own concept of Christianity and you're still human. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because you're a, a pastor or a deacon in a church or on the motherboard, that doesn't mean that that flesh is still not weighing on you. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. But we want to look at y'all as being perfect beings, and there's no such thing. as There's only one, and we know that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen. Now, Cam, mm-hmm. anything that matches to Pastor Cam, Pastor Tim's story that you may have in your life, as far as slipping and slide, you know, um, I've shared most of my testimony from the pulpit at church a lot. I've shared with people when I first gave my life to the Lord. I still struggled <laughs> with fornication. Right. <laughs> I'm not just. I had to go to the pastor. Pastor, I need you to pray for me. <laughs> pastor, I need you to help me. And and one of the things that helped me through was I, another brother in the Lord, we kind of partnered up. We kind of helped each other. Like, man, how you doing? I'm like, you good? And then I had to just totally, people was like, Cam, you're a good looking single man. You need to try to date somebody. No, can't date. <laughs> no. <laughs> Been there, done that. I, I had gotten so focused on, I said, Lord, I need a wife. I just need you to do whatever you need to do in my life right. to deliver me of this <laughs> this these lustful acts right and I thought a lot of times people in the church don't understand if you don't ask God to deliver you of that the the root of that that you did when you getting saved don't just get rid of that <laughs> you gotta de- you gotta deal with it good point so he did I, I could tell you now since I my, my wife and I got married September 11th 1999 since then I have been a faithful husband Amen. You know, I tell, do I see somebody look? But no, I don't want nobody but Sheikah. <laughs> but, bef- but before I got married, I struggled with it wow. a lot, you know. But I try to help men understand that we all have issues. We all wow. have flaws. Now, I would say after since I've been married, some of my struggles have been, um, my wife and I, when we first got married, my son was born premature, and we went from a two-income house to a one-income house, so we struggled a lot financially mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and coming through that. But God has brought us through and helped us, and now on the other side of it. So I would say my, my if I dealt with depression, because I thought about when it got really hard, leaving. Right. Man, we struggling, can't make it. We were living paycheck to paycheck. I'm the only one working. We mm. <laughs> we two or three checks behind. Right. I struggle with leave, wanting to leave my family. Nah, and and I, I can understand that. I used to say, I don't see how a man can walk off and leave his family. Mm-hmm. I do. Gotcha. I didn't. Thank God I didn't. I trusted God and had some men around me to help encourage me that it was going to get better. My wife was very supportive. But I try to help encourage men. When it get tough and 
challenging, you need to submit more to God. Surrender more to God. Because there's going to be challenges. I don't know why people think um, just because you get born again, we're not going to have challenges. Or, right. They do think the, that. The, the, the devil going to come at you. <laughs> even harder. Even harder. Because mm -hmm. he's wanting to kill your testimony. Yes. So I thank God that now my, my wife and our children, they're grown, they're established. We have, but there was some challenging years. Right. And, and I, I dealt with depression. I thought about suicide a couple of times. I'm right. just like, man, I just need to just end this. Because right. it was so difficult. Like, like Lord, where are you in this difficulty? But I understand. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. Didn't say you wouldn't have any challenges. <laughs> right. But those difficult times, like Pastor Tim said, take them to another spiritual level. I understand now, back then, it wasn't about the money. It was about God teaching me how to trust him. Mm. Mm. It was about God teaching me how to rely on him. And now I, now I preach from a message now of you need to know God is the, your source, not your money, not your job, not the church, not your family. And when God is your source, he'll always make sure the resources and what you need is there. So wow. I mean, so, yeah, my. That's good. Um, That's the, yes. yeah, that <laughs> so, yeah, good. but he, he, I give him praise because it was some dark days. I lost my mom since I've been pastoring. Several, several family members. Mm -hmm. After my mom passed in 2008, I wanted to quit. Yeah. You know, I lost I my clothes. Yeah, I lost my father in 97. My father, losing my father, was the catalyst that really caused me to get saved. Right. All my dad kept telling me was, and I'm not, I don't want to take up all the time, but all my dad kept telling me, Cam, I'm all right. I'd have made peace with the Lord. You need to make peace with the Lord. Amen. And I heard him over and over <laughs> again. And then I gave my life to the Lord that same year. But when my mom passed, I went down a dark path. Now, yes. I didn't, I guess my self-medication was, I just started buying stuff. Just, right. <laughs> just, <laughs> um, just, you know, just trying to hurt. I was just trying to get through the hurt, yes. through the pain. I, I've, I've told the church and tell people all the time, I don't remember nothing I preached in 2008. Just... Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't even really remember what I, I preached my mom's funeral. I don't even really remember what I preached at her funeral, but I do know God has brought me through and and helped me overcome all that. And I and now, my wife is a counselor, and I was still battling with that darkness and the hurt and that pain. Every time I would preach a funeral, brothers, and if it was a mother, I didn't see that lady in the casket. I saw my mama. Mm -hmm. And I never forget my wife. In 2016, my wife said, "Cam, you shouldn't be grieving like this. You shouldn't still be hurting like this." She said, "I don't know how. You know, you can't let, but you shouldn't be hurting the way you hurting." She said, "You need to talk to God about it." And I did. I never forget. It. I, I, I said, "Lord, I, I can't keep hurting like this. I guess I love my mama." I said, "But I gotta. I need you to heal me of this grief. Deliver me of this." And He did. The next funeral I preached was uh, my aunt, and I saw her, and I didn't see my mama. Hey, and I knew then it had lifted. Right. It was, and so I try to encourage other people: you're gonna lose loved ones, you're gonna go through dark periods, uh, you're gonna go through challenges, but God is still the constant that will get you through. If you trust Him, if you will let Him help you through it, Amen. He will. Amen. Nice. That was deep. That that. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's. I'm having the same issue you're having, but uh, we're going to talk about something else. Yeah, okay. Uh, <clears throat> earlier you said 
You you mentioned preacher and then you said pastor. Is there a difference in a preacher and a pastor? Not to me. What you call into the ministry, let's say it this way. We, most times in the church, we think of pastor. That is the set man or the Bible called the angel of the church. That's the man or woman right. that is the senior pastor at the church. That's most times we think of a pastor. When you think of a preacher, it's somebody that's called into the ministry. Right. Somebody that accepted that calling into the ministry. So when, you, when you're the pastor, you, it, preaching is inspiring. So you, we should inspire people every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, True. So you should teach doctrine, preach to inspire. But when you think of pastor, most times we think of that's the, but you can be a pastor and never be over a ministry because a pastor definition is a shepherd. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, your pool, what we do on Sunday, that's the pulpit, but you have a pulpit every day about how you live <laughs> and, and how you carry yourself. And sometimes people love to focus on when, uh, about preaching on Sunday. You should be preaching every day about how you live and how you carry yourself. And I promise you, if you open yourself up to minister to people, God will give you an audience of people that need help every day. So I hope I answered that question. You, you did. Nice. Okay. Nice. Now, I got something for both of y'all. I know since y'all been in it for so long that y'all know old school preaching. <laughs> do y'all consider y'all self a mixture or the new age preaching or the old school preaching? Which one do y'all consider y'all self? Tim. <clears throat> I, I, I hopefully, just to be honest with you, I, I hope I'm a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that that um, that we, because I, I feel like today we're kind of abandoning some of the core doctrines of the church and core beliefs of the church in an effort to be more appealing to a wider audience when in fact we're actually reaching fewer people than we ever did before. Is that right to do that? Is that right for y'all to do that? You no, said that we're no. abandoning the old to reach no, more I, people. No, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, think, I think that's one reason why we're not reaching as many people as we used to okay. is because we've walked away from some of the more fundamental doctrines, the core doctrines of, of the faith. But I also believe that we have to embrace a new generation mm-hmm. and a new way of doing things. The message that we preach should never change. But the methods that we use to reach people mm-hmm. can change. Mm-hmm. And I would submit nice. they must change mm-hmm. nice. in order for us to reach a new generation. Nice. You know, nice. It's just like years ago we had the old flannel graphs in church. Flannel graphs are not going to reach a digital generation. <laughs> we have got to, we've got to change the methods. We, we've got to embrace technology as opposed to running from technology so that we can reach people. So. Well put. Mm-hmm. Pastor Cam. And I, I agree. We should. Which one are you, first of all? Oh, I'm a, uh, to answer your question, I would say I'm a generation gap filler. What okay. I mean by that is, I grew up in the old church like Pastor Tim. I remember when we did the hymns and the uh, Amazing Grace was a song you go sing, you go at least hear at least once a month. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> but I also saw the transition where we moved away so much from the hymns and went to more contemporary singing and pr- what we call praise and worship now. You right. Know? Um, so I would say I'm a little of both, and I believe I could, God can use me to reach both, and. And, and I'm gonna tell you the story from New Dove Creek. Like he said, I agree with him. The methods have to change. Jesus still had to be the center. 
As long as you we're pointing people to Jesus and he's getting the glory, then the message is the same. Amen. But I am not the uh, – when they told us in seminary, they told us you had to stand at the podium and not really move and not really – Walk and don't use your hand. No, I walk. I, I I break. If you want to say, I break all the cemetery <laughs> seminary rules. I break them all because I walk. I talk. Um, I don't follow that method of you don't need to preach no more in twenty or thirty minutes. Wow. I just minister. Right. In New Love Creek, I minister. I, I I don't have what I call a set sermon. I I minister what God leading me to minister on. But back to what you're saying, I, I'm a little of both. But let me give you what something that happened at New Love Creek. Years ago, our youth pastor at the time, many of you may know Brian Umbo. He was our youth pastor. And Brian was like, Pastor, we got to do a new thing to reach these children. These children just ain't feeling these hymns. They just ain't, it's not reaching them. He said, we need to try to reach them. I said, well, what do you suggest? He said, I think we need to change the music up. Let them, don't try to teach them the hymns or internet because we can teach it, but change the beat on it. Change the, the way we present it. And we started that. But I never forget when we implemented rap gospel right. in the church. Oh my God! Some of our older members couldn't stand it. I can imagine. Oh. <laughs> and so how I addressed it, I was like, I said, "Well, you may not understand rap gospel." I said, "Truth be told, I don't understand all the." I said, "But as long as they talking about Jesus and is getting these children in the house and keeping these children in the house and uh, uh, keeping them off the street." We're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And they started to gravitate toward it because wow. it was about reaching the children. Yeah. Now, we use that as the catalyst through rap gospel to start to teach them the word of God and to teach them teach them about the hymns and the old song. And so we blended both, but we had to do something to draw them in. I like that. Because, like I said, I grew up on Amazing I love Amazing Grace. Yeah. Charge to keep our having all that. Them children, because many of the children today, or not, they didn't grow up in church. Right. Their parents didn't grow up in church. Right. So we did something different. And once we got them in, then let me give you some of the other. Oh, that's so. So I would say I'm, I'm I, I, I said generation gap filler. <laughs> so I'm a little yeah. of both. I like that, Pastor. I like that a lot. Now, I'm getting ready to play something. And once I play it, I'm going to ask y'all about it. So I want y'all to listen to it. Okay. Bro, we were in Florida, and I grew up in a Baptist church. We Googled a church nearby, and there was one that was like Mount Zion Baptist Church. So we are like, oh, we'll go there. But we pull up, right? And first thing I notice is I'm like, oh, there's so many colorful suits here. Didn't even realize they made, like, purple and orange suits. I get out. I walk through the door, right? And everyone's just like, oh, hello. I was like, hello. And I kind of look around. And I'm like, oh, I'm the only white person here. I was like, oh, dude, I think this is a black church. Like, I've heard about these, but I live in a small town in southern Ontario. So obviously, I had never been to one. But everyone comes up to me, most friendly group of people I've ever met. All these old black women are just giving me the best hugs, dude. It felt so loved, right? So I sit in my pew. Service is starting. Choir walks out from the back, right? Okay, they all have matching robes on. I'm like, nice. Bro, they started singing. Let me tell you something. Black people singing gospel music, nothing like it. I had goosebumps, dude. And they're singing, right? And they're, it's just getting better and better. Midway through the worship, dude, they're running up and down the aisles of the church. But the congregation is shouting and waving freaking hanky. All these old ladies had these, like, fans that spread out and were just fanning themselves and shouting. It was like, let's go! I was fired. I was jazzed, dude. It was just 
just like clapping my hands off beat because I have no rhythm. One old lady just stopped. She's like, no. I was like, yes, ma'am. Okay, so then the pastor gets up, right? Freaking snakeskin dress shoes, like a purple zoot suit. I was like, okay, sir, you have my attention. Bro, he started speaking. Okay, no notes, no bullet points. I don't know if he was just making it up on the spot. The Holy Spirit was feeding him lines. <laughs> and then partway through his sermon, the, the organ started playing while he was speaking. Just... He's dripping sweat, just yelling, dude. Organs going. People are shouting and running up and down the aisle. I was like, this is incredible. I felt like I was getting like a halftime speech before I go out and finish the second half of the Super Bowl. Bro, I don't care who was in that service. If Charles Darwin was in that service and experienced that, he would be like, oh, there is a God. There is a God. I've been wrong. I've been mistaken. You couldn't help but feel the Holy Spirit, baby. I, oh, man. I wish someone would come to St. Thomas, Ontario and start a black church. That's the problem. Any church I go to now around here just feels so boring and dull. I've grown up in church my whole life, but that was the first day I'd ever truly gone to church, dude. All right. Now, with that play, now, y'all can both agree that there is a difference in black churches, services, and white church's services why is there a different why are they not the same what why is it different if if you can answer that i don't know because see i've gone to a white church i've gone to a black church i've gone to interracial church i'm just a mixed church and there is a big difference but i'm trying to figure out why why is there such a difference what 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 how what in my in my years of pastoring, I've been asked that question several times. <laughs> um, and there's several. Let's go ahead and say this: me and Pastor, there's several different answers of why right. there's a difference. Because I've I've gone to some black churches, like he talking about that church. I've gone to some black churches that laid back, calm. You won't get a amen. You won't get a clap. Really? They they don't when they sing. They just get up and sing and sit back down. Okay. I, I I would say is that some people don't embrace the differences because I've heard many people. I would come to your church, but y'all dress in suits, and we don't dress in suits at our churches. Well, there ain't no reason, That's you know. Reason. I would come, to you, but y'all stay in church too long. How you figure we stay in church too long? So, so I can't. I don't really have a definitive answer, mm-hmm. but I will say this: I've seen. I haven't seen too many. Pastor Tim, I've heard him preach. Pastor Tim going to give you energy, right. <laughs> fire. You, you hear Pastor Tim preach, you'll think, man, he, he, he got a little black in him. I'm having the So uh, it, it just, if you open yourself up to it. Now, I believe church should be like heaven. Amen. Where the, you know, the Bible talks about how the angels are worshiping. And I believe churches, heaven is loud. I don't believe heaven is, <laughs> you barely hear a I believe uh, God should be praised and honored and glorified. And I, and I think there's a place for praise and worship and honor and blessing God. And I believe if the word is being preached, it should inspire you to amen and uh, uh, clap or something. Like it did that guy. Yeah, but everybody don't believe that. Some people think you need to sit back and a good sermon need to be like, a taught lesson in school. Mm-hmm. You need to just sit back and listen. You know. Now, now you made a statement. You believe church should be like heaven. <laughs> now I'm, I'm finna throw some out there. Okay, <laughs> go for it. Now, one of the issues that I have with church when I became an adult is why is there a black and white church? 
think about it. Heaven, you think heaven is black over here to heaven church and white over here having church? No. They're all together having church. So why can't we do that? Why can't we all be together and having church? Why do we have to separate church like we did before Martin Luther King came along? Why? Why can't we all be at one church? First Baptist, this this Omega Church, Tim. Well, it's well, not not by attendance, by size. <laughs> right. Uh, so since this is a church that's in in heart of Edward County. Yeah, we're trying to rebuild, but yeah. right. Why can't everyone come here? It should reflect the county. Yes. I, I agree with that. I, yeah. One thing that breaks my heart about the church is is uh, is that the most segregated place in America. Mm. Is church on Sunday morning. Thank you. And exactly. It, it shouldn't be that way. No, it shouldn't um, be. Camp, when I was at Deep Creek, Cam came, mm -hmm. uh, brought his choir. Man, we had a, <laughs> we had a blast. See, yeah, I mean, yeah. we had a blast at Deep Creek. And then Cam invited me to New Dose Creek. And, and man, I loved it. I, I think the differences between the churches in some cases is, is just cultural. Yes. Right. Some white people are more reserved uh, oh. than black people. Black people are a little more expressive. Now, I'm not. I, I'm I'm very expressive in worship. I, and if you go to some of the more, like we used to go to camp meetings as independent Baptists, and, man, they would run the aisle, and I joined them. They would shout and, mm -hmm. and sing joyfully. But, but it, is, it is sad, and I, I think we've got, to work, we've got to work towards unity in the body of Christ. Yes. And we're so afraid of what we disagree about that we forget about what we do agree about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we're not looking for unanimity. We're not going to say the same thing. We're not going to agree mm -hmm. on all the issues. Right. But if we agree on the person and work of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. then we should be able to fellowship with one another. I agree. Because Jesus is the centerpiece mm -hmm. for for the white church should be, mm -hmm. and for the black church. Mm -hmm. uh, and so as long as we believe in Jesus, then we, we have a reason to come together. We have a reason to fellowship. And so I think, I think the task is for guys like Pastor Cam and myself and others to find those, those issues that we can unite around to find common cause to serve together. And, uh, and then the more we do that, Church is not just what happens on Sunday morning. Church is about what happens Monday through Saturday. And yes. if we can serve in our community together, then maybe that will lead to us being able to worship together on a more consistent basis. Yeah, uh, so. churches to me should be like the public school system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who comes to the public schools as black, white, uh, Mexican, everybody. Mm -hmm. That's how, to me, it should be one big building in Edwardton that, Everyone can come to, and I—I I, I, I say the church. I don't ever say white church, black church. I say the church. Some of it is, we're just gonna be real. Some of it is, you have people that are racist, true, that just hate whites and that hate blacks, mm -hmm. that want to stay in their own little circle and right. think they gonna make it to heaven by right. hating people. Exactly, and <laughs> and, and you sell a mouthful. And so that has to be broken down. And the reason I, I know that is because we've had some uh, Caucasian members of the church. They're no longer there. But I remember them telling me some of the times how some people there made them feel. Mm -hmm. But also how some of their family kept saying, you supposed to be over here with that. Right. You supposed to be. What does it matter where they go to church? Stupid stuff like they ain't got no security team at that church. What if something break out of that church? Just all kinds of crazy things. And it's sad. One of the saddest things that was said was, it was said to me that 
you know, they don't. We don't supposed to go over there with them. They supposed to be over here with us. What is that? <laughs> That's funny. We supposed to be together. You know, when I see, I'm, I'm gonna name a few churches that I, I've seen. I know, I've seen that are multiracial. When I see Doctor Charles Stanley, they they scan the sanctuary. It's blacks, whites, all kind of people in there. Bishop T D Jakes, it's whites, blacks, all kind of people. Yes, in there. it is. Uh, uh, several of the people said that's a mega church. Well, I know it's smaller churches right over in Athens. Cornerstone. Yes, that are <laughs> inter- interracial. Mm-hmm. Right. They have addressed it. Let's be together. This is mm-hmm. where I want to be. Because, mm-hmm. and then you got also deal with the denominational thing. Some True. people believe the denomination is right and everybody else wrong. Right. None of us have it all right. Thank you. <laughs> we yeah. all growing and learning. I heard a, 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 a famous bishop, he said this. He said, if Paul said, I prophesy in part and I know in part, and God let him write half the New Testament <laughs> and he only knew in part, how we think we know everything? <laughs> good That's point. Good. So, yeah, that's good. so my point, I, I, me and Pastor Tim, I want to see. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody ain't going to come to First Baptist, but I want to see First Baptist be interracial. I want to see New Dove Creek be interracial. Right. I want to see the churches come together, not just when we have a service and we go back to our right. there set, you go. A, a different places. But I want to see us come together. But the way you do it, you get a pastor team. You get somebody like myself that will push for it, pray for it. Because since I've been the pastor of New Dove Creek, I was the first person to ever bring in somebody that wasn't black to preach. Wow. I remember when I said, you know, you the first person. Yeah, I, I'm glad. I, right. I want to break this down so we can keep moving forward. Exactly. So, but it's a lot what causes it because it's this craziness that I've heard. You know, brother, I ain't going to feel comfortable. <laughs> you know, I, I wear polos and jeans and you wear suits. I wear suits because I like to wear suits. Because you like to wear suits. Exactly. I don't wear suits because nobody say, I got to wear a suit. And there you go. But if I come to your church and say, we, this is what we wear. I'll dress down, but we dress down at New York. We have our youth Sunday. We wear jeans. I wear right. jeans and tennis shoes. I preach from jeans and tennis shoes. <laughs> so I'm able to adapt. That's what we're talking about, that new generation. We got to take Jesus and use the methods to adapt to reach different people. But that thing of, I, I'm going to say it this way, because I hadn't lived in Madison. I, live in, I haven't lived in Hart. Here in Elberton, it just got to overcome the race issue. Right. That's all it is. That's that's all it is. You would think in 2022, that should be a very minute problem. You would think. Okay, when I was going to school, I, I'm not going to call a name out, but we had this one guy, black guy, that he only dated white women. He was the only one in the whole school. We all <laughs> knew who he was. You know who he is. We all knew who he was. And But even then, we didn't, did nobody like, oh, don't be doing that. We just didn't care. And that was 50. That was that long time ago. So now it shouldn't even be an issue. Because racism should be pretty much dead by now because everyone is mixed with everyone. And I don't I don't understand why there's such a big problem still in Edward County. Because when I went to the football game, I'm like, this is all-black school now? I really didn't see no, not one white person on that football field. And that shocked me. And that was about two or three years ago. But that I'm like, what's going on? Did... Are all the white people going to the private school? Because I'm quite sure his son that can play football. And I couldn't understand that. The basketball team pretty much the same way. So I was, and I left Elberton in 1998, so I know things have changed a lot. But that much? Well, I'm gonna tell you something, and I won't call I won't call their names. Uh two pastors that are no longer here in Elberton, uh, 
came to the Granite Bowl one night, and we just started talking about Elberton. And they was like, uh, and I don't know how we got on the subject, but they was like, Cam, I've lived several places, but Elberton is one of the most racist cities I've ever been in. Wow. I, it, it, I, the both like I live. We've lived in Tennessee, lived in Arkansas. I've never seen that like it. And he said, "Cam, look at the granite boat." I looked back at the home side. <laughs> <laughs> what you saw? And I was so pressed in. I was so used to it. I ain't thinking about it. Yeah. Most all the whites sat in one spot. Right. All the blacks sat somewhere else. And always when it would come for homecoming, yeah. if if a white girl won homecoming. You would get a few claps from the blacks, but you wow. get the, if a black girl won homecoming, you didn't get a eruption. But I noticed that like the last five years, like when I went to the game Friday, I kind of just looked for my own self. Oh, it's kind of it is mixed. Okay. So I see change. I, I see change. Good. Not just in the I guess in the Granite Bowl, but we want to see change even in the church. Now uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, if everybody in Elba County got saved and start going to church. People, we got too many churches. If everybody in Elba County got saved and started going to church in Elba County, we don't have enough churches to hold all the people. We all don't. Right, all right. So you ain't going to have just one church. But mm-hmm. if we can just get these these walls broke down and we serve one Jesus, I agree. we go into one heaven. Heaven is not Baptist. It's not Thank Methodist. It's not Catholic. Thank you. It's heaven. It's not for the black. It's not, it's not for the white. Black. I want the black for heaven. <laughs> Yeah. The world, it's you know, everybody. kingdom mm-hmm. looks like us. It's right. all of us together. Right. But again, I, I see change, and I believe it's getting better, and I believe it's going to continue to get better. But it's going to take people, not just like us two, us three, to continue to push the envelope. Yeah, we need to be together. We need to, if we don't do nothing, start having services together. Yes, to get people used to it. But I'm going to tell you, some people just. It's my church. I ain't going nowhere right. else. But if we can get this new generation to understand that we all supposed to be together. Right. Because they, they together. Yeah, they the upcoming. We're going to die off. They the upcoming. So, yeah, I yeah, agree with so. that. I hope I, I, like I said, you can't really answer that question. Though, because right, there's so many things that people, I don't understand how folks y'all stay in church too long. <laughs> there should be no such thing when you're praising God. I, 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 before, before, the, before COVID, our church started 1045. 12.45, we were going out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, when doing COVID, it went from like 10.45 because there were only three people there, me, she, and the person that was recording. <laughs> most of the time, an hour, hour and a half, we were going out. Most of the time, an hour, we were going out the door. Well, now we back. So we 10.45, usually 12.30, 12.45, we go out the door. And I had people say, well, how y'all stay in church for two hours? Wow. <laughs> That's you go to work for 12, 10. <laughs> You're right. But we right. want to give God 60 minutes. We want to give God. Ah, that's a whole nother subject. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting off my That's good stuff. Yeah, that, that's good stuff. All right. Well, I want to appreciate y'all for taking part in this podcast. Yeah. It meant a lot to me, and I hope a lot to someone that's out there that will be hearing this podcast. Uh, before we go, Pastor Cam, any last words before we go? Trace, I thank you for allowing us to come on here and speak. Uh, um, it's, a pre- it's an honor to be able to talk about. I love the Lord. Amen. Uh, I I love what I do. I, I'm a, I'm a, I am a minister. I, this is what I know God called me to do, and I enjoy it. And it's an honor to represent Jesus. But I do thank God for grace. I, I want to make sure we minister more and more on grace. 
because God is a gracious God. Amen. And no matter how, maybe somebody will hear this. I don't care how, what you're in, no matter how much you mess up or what you've done, you serve a, a father that will forgive you, will cleanse you of unrighteousness, and he's still using broken people. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we serve a good father. All right. Amen. And the name of your church? New Dove Creek Baptist Church. All right. Pastor Tim. Yes, sir. Any last words before we go? Yeah, I, I just uh, <clears throat> thank you again uh, for this opportunity. I, I love Pastor Cam and love you too, and brother. I love his message, and uh, I, I just, I just, I just want people to understand and to uh, and to just be captivated by the fact that we serve a heavenly Father who really, really loves us. Amen. And uh, again, our thinking can be warped. When we think that God's mad at us, <laughs> that we have an angry God who's just waiting to strike us down. And so we need to understand that, that yes, it, it matters what we do. It, it matters what we do. But God loves us unconditionally. Mm -hmm. and, and so when we, when we mess up, I, I, I've heard it described this way. The difference is, is, is so powerful in that religion says... I messed up, my father's going to kill me. Grace says, I messed up, I need to go talk to my father. <laughs> you know? Amen. And Amen. so we need to understand that we serve a heavenly father who loves us. And, and he wants to show us mercy. He wants to show us grace. And if we'll just run to him as opposed to running away from him, then he'll embrace us and he'll help us and he'll clean us up. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he'll make us useful. Amen. To to help other people, and uh, so I just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Jimmy. and uh, and I just uh, I I'm just praying so much. We've talked about a lot of issues, but I'm just praying so much that we can get past yes. some of the racial issues that we have, right. where we can just love one another and work together um, to serve the people of Elbert County. So well say in the name of your church. I serve here as associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Elberton, Georgia. All right. So. And what I have to say is, first of all, I want to thank Pastor Tim and the First Baptist Church of Elberton for allowing us to have this podcast here. And I want to say that it was God that put this together because I came to the Chamber of Commerce to speak with Rebecca about posting a podcast there. And as I'm talking to the young lady up front, I keep hearing the voice to my left. I'm like, I know that voice. <laughs> Just talking, dot, 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 dot. I'm like, I know. I said, who is that in there with her? He said, Pastor Cam. I said, mm, let me go in there. I'm like, I knew I knew that voice. So it's I went awesome. in there, and I saw Pastor Cam. <laughs> I got his number, and I never knew that Pastor Cam and Pastor Tim had prior engagements together. Yeah. So that's why I think that, that God had brought this together, because look where we are right now Amen. From, from that moment. And... Martin Luther King had a dream, and I have a dream also. I would love to see one church. Mm. And what I mean by that is, you're right, we can't have one big church for everyone, but if every church that you come in contact with got multiple <clears throat> races, that's, that's what I mean by yeah, one I church. Yeah. That, would be, that would be heavenly. That would be so great, and that can happen. Yes. yes. It can happen. I, I can see that really happening. Like, like you said, Pastor Cam. Today's time, what the youth are doing today, they all mix and they 
it's not a big thing to them. They don't see racism. Mm-hmm. So it bound to come true. Mm-hmm. It bound to come true. Amen. But I do want to thank you guys, y'all's stories. It really touched my heart. I almost shared a tear a few times with you, Cam. I, 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 I had to hold back because I'm, I'm dealing with some of the same issues that, that you dealt with. I'm still dealing with. But, uh, Pastor Tim, would you lead us out into prayer? Okay. Fathers, we come to you, Lord. We just come in the name of Jesus. And, yes, Lord. and Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had together, uh, Lord, uh, with these uh, men, Lord, Brother Tracy and Brother Cam, uh, Lord, men uh, who uh, love you, and, uh, and who love their community. And, Father, I just pray, God, that, that there would be one church in the city. Um, Lord, the body of Christ is not bound by color or denomination, but so many times we restrict the body of Christ yes. and try to recreate it in our own image. And so, Father, I pray, God, that, that you would help us to embrace our brothers and our sisters, regardless of race, regardless of denomination. Lord, our central doctrine is the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And as long as we agree on Jesus, then we can work together, we can fellowship together to accomplish great things uh, in our communities. And so, Father, I just pray that you would bless Brother Tracy, bless his podcast. And, uh, Lord, I pray that many people will be reached with the with the with the life saving message uh, that we have to share in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 From the mind to the lips to the heavens. Until next time, peace from the heart. Hallelujah. Young people, there's nothing wrong with dancing for Jesus. But we can't forget where we come from. So if you don't mind, let's have a little church right now. Something about that name. Thank you, Jesus. Listen. Something about the name Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, it is.